You're listening to the CPR of Life podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Welcome to episode number 34. I'm really looking forward to my conversation with Brioni Williams. Brioni is a public speaking coach, and she's also the owner of How to Present Training and Mentoring. I'm fascinated to chat with her about all things related to public speaking. I hope you enjoy this conversation. So welcome, Brie. I'm very happy to have you on the show. I was very happy that we connected, and I'm looking forward to this conversation. Hi, everyone, and thank you for having me. So Brie, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are? And what you do? Sure, I'm um, I'm Bree. I'm Brioni, and um, my name was shortened quite some years ago by my first boss, who told me that Brioni was just too long, uh, and she's going to call me Bree from here on in. So <laughs> it kind of stuck, and um, but it turned out to be a blessing because as I went up through school and into my studies, and then became a, a trainer, people inevitably remembered Brie rather than Brioni. So it, it worked in my favor. Well, it's um, funny how people do that though. People shorten my name to JL, you know, and it's, and it's just like, okay, I guess, you know, the three syllables is too much. <laughs> yeah. It, it's probably worth mentioning if people don't recognize my accent that I am Australian uh, and yeah, we tend to shorten everybody's names mm. and most words anyway. So it's, it's no <laughs> real surprise. Um, but it, it, it's, um, yeah, like you say, a couple of extra syllables really wouldn't be that much effort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so as, as I kind of alluded to, I am, I'm a trainer and a, a coach and I help people with their public speaking skills and their, um, and their, their connections with people. So a lot of the time, um, people are looking to, present a very polished professional um, picture to the world and they can create barriers around um, being able to do this and they can have a really hard time building up the confidence to be able to speak to other people and um, whether it's in person or online so for um, the last six months I've, um, I've been working with people that are specifically online entrepreneurs looking to build up their skills. And, and that's off the back of about 15 years of working with people in, on building their communication skills up and in the corporate environment. That's such a significant um, public speaking. I think we were talking about uh, prior to starting, prior to us hitting record, public speaking is such a a challenge for so many people they always like when you ask people their biggest fear public speaking always comes up i think we might be having a technical difficulty because i am not hearing you right now i'm sorry it is one of people's greatest fears i mean there's and it makes a lot of sense and um, that people fear this because in evolutionary terms if you were to stick your head up above the crowd and um, it was a call for leadership you're looking to take over the the tribe if you like if you were to stick your, your hand up and start speaking up so and um, it, it can be a very um fearful 
place for people to stand out, to speak up and to call attention to themselves. And it, it can uncover a lot of um, fears and anxieties. Um, and that's part of the work that we do, looking at why it is that they're struggling with speaking up in particular. Do you think... Um do you think it's because they're not sure of their message or it's just an uncomfortableness within themselves to actually to, to put that hand up? There's probably two ends of the spectrum that I see most often. And the first one is generally that people don't think that they have a lot to say or they haven't stepped into their to owning their expertise or their knowledge or the value that they bring to the conversation. And, and, and they don't always see that their common knowledge is actually very valuable to other people. They don't necessarily see the importance of speaking up about it or, or have the confidence to do that. And, and at the other end of the extreme, you see people that are quite happy to speak and, and realise and perhaps even enjoy the interaction, but they don't always have the structure or the clarity in their messages. Um, because they're used to talking a lot and just talking, talking. <laughs> and don't always think about um, the, the way to have the most clear messages when they're speaking. So how did you get into doing this? I actually started out studying counselling. Cool. Okay. <laughs> After my illustrious career as a uh, working in a record store uh, <laughs> for years, which saw me through my studies. I, I, yeah, I, I was always focused on people and I knew that I wanted to help people and I didn't know exactly how. Um, but I, I started out by studying counselling and also some human resources topics. Mm. Um, and I really enjoyed the counselling studies and I also um, branched out into neuro-linguistic programming, did a certification around the same time because I, I was really fascinated with the power of your mind, actually, and how quickly you can shift um, phobias and, and, and behaviours that can be really limiting by you know, the power of your mind. It, it just fascinated me. Um, and so starting out with counselling, I went into a couple of different practical and, um, you know, when you study, you have to go yeah. and do your hours. And, and at the time, the options available to me or the options I felt were available to me when I was 19, 20, 21, and were working with youth. And, and there was also crisis counselling mm. sort of thing. And, and in Sydney, where I'm from, in King's Cross, which is right in the centre of the city, and there's a crisis centre where I went and did, did some hours uh, it's called the Wayside Chapel. It's a relatively famous place in Australia and, and beyond. And, and it was an absolutely incredible time, uh, but it, it also made a decision for me very quickly and that was that, that wasn't where I was wanting to head. It, it, yeah. was, it was really intense um, and it was really hard work and... At the time, I felt like it wasn't going to be, what's the word? I guess it, it, it wasn't going to take me where I wanted to go next. Oh. I, I felt like the people that were really good at that type of work had a different, um, 
a different thickness of skin. <laughs> it's tough. It's very tough to be working with people on the front lines like that. Yeah. And part of it as well, if I'm kind of reflecting on it, is that I felt as though I didn't have the, the gray hair factor or the, um, <laughs> I, I didn't feel entirely wise enough to be helping other people at that point. I yeah. knew I wanted to, but I didn't feel like that was a good fit for me. And so I moved into a, a company that focused on psychometrics. And that was actually the area where I got to really understand things like behavior and personality and emotional intelligence, working with organizational psychologists. It was the place where my mind just went, yes, okay, yeah. this is more my lane. Um, and I kind of went from there. It's funny how you just know that. Eh? You can feel that in your body when something's right for you and when something's not so right for you. For me, it's, it's very much a feeling of being in, in flow. And when I'm speaking, when I'm training people, when I'm coaching people, I, I can feel when I'm... It, it's a gut feeling. It's a gut feeling when all the things that you know and not right at the front of your brain. They're, they're just in the back there somewhere. It's that um, unconscious competence. Yeah. You don't need to think about it anymore. It just comes. Yeah. And, and it, it's definitely for me a, a gut feeling. And there's a, a little high for me, definitely, that, that feeling of um, – this is spot on. This is exactly, and um, this is exactly where I'm meant to be right now. So, when when people come to you, what what do the fears or they come to you to as a public speaking coach? The reason that they come to you and kind of what unfolds from your time working with them is it the same thing, or are they kind of surprised by what kind of comes out? I've been surprised. <laughs> yeah. And I think other other people have been as well. Um, in that it it's normally people present with one thing and you end up inevitably talking about many other things. And I think because of my training, um, I probably ask them different questions potentially um, than someone who's focused more on public relations or sales. Um you know, more of a commercial focus. I think I, I do come with a more um, therapeutic focus in that I, I truly do understand the feeling of um, anxiousness before you speak. Um, and I think the only difference between me and most of the people that I'm working with is that I, I've been to the other side a few more times than they have. Yeah. Just feeling that same fear, but still pushing through and knowing that there's, there's a really, um, I don't use the word high because that's not exactly right, but there's a real feeling of accomplishment and, and meeting your potential mm. on the other side. One of the things I've heard someone say is that, you know, when, when people come and they hear you speaking, they're not necessarily coming for you, they're coming for your message. You know, yeah, that's a, that's a really helpful reframe um, for people that feel all eyes on them. <laughs> you yeah. know, they're feeling that um, the scrutiny and, and underlying to that is often the um, the feeling that they're not enough. 
yeah. what they have to say does not um, does not have value. You know, they're, they're undervaluing, they're underselling, I guess, themselves and what they have to say. And and that's one of the messages that I've tried to share in my group and um, on on Facebook now. I, I run a group where people can come and go live without any risk. You know, we're not selling to each other in there. It really is just about learning the skills to um to go out and, and speak to your potential customers, to deepen relationships. Um, and part of my message to people in the group is that you are helping people out by speaking. Sure. So, so don't hide help. Um, I'm in your Facebook group, which is amazing. And I think the amount of information that, um, and the support there is beautiful. I think that that's really, it's something that, everybody can benefit from because at some point or another even if you're not on the stage speaking you could be at an event you could be introducing yourself you could be you know there's so many facets to what you're teaching that you know that that point of connection is really a critical part and I think you've created a lovely space on Facebook for that thank you I, I appreciate that I've the feedback that I've been getting from um, entrepreneurs is just phenomenal. Um, I think there's so much selling on Facebook <laughs> and it's, it's absolutely a part of being in business. You need to make the income that you require to live, have, have a beautiful life and to live without stress. I completely understand that. Um, but what I have very deliberately created is a space where people are focused on learning through experience. Yeah. taking action and, and taking these little steps that help them build their skills and creating hopefully an environment where more and more people will feel comfortable to come in and try new things out. And, and like you say, public speaking maybe isn't the right term to encapsulate all the very many places that we need to speak up now, mm, yeah. especially if you are someone who finds customers online the the landscape has really changed in the way that we connect with people now the fact that we're talking on a a video conference and i'm on the other side of the planet (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know there's there's so many benefits but also there's um there are skills and knowledge that people don't have and even if it's um not highly complicated stuff you can stack up the reasons why not very easily and and I'm trying to break down a few of those mental barriers by providing a space where people can try things out and know that it's no risk yeah we're all here in this planning together so what made you choose entrepreneurs I am one (laughs) (laughs) great place to start (laughs) <laughs> the um, the obvious for me would be to go for a corporate client. I've worked in a corporate environment for over 15 years. I really understand um, the intricacies of communicating a business and, and working on big projects with big, big budgets. And, but realistically, and I, I think it comes back to that word connection again, I like connecting with people in a way that is very authentic and that I can see 
how this is really helping their business. And I know that having come from this corporate experience that you can make a difference in anybody's life by, you know, helping them, supporting them. But I think that in the entrepreneur niche especially, there's a lot of people and, and a lot of women have found me as opposed to men so far that really can use this knowledge and these skills and make such a big difference in their small business. And that to me, um, selfishly or not, is very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoy that work. I really enjoy seeing that um, someone's been able to launch their new challenge or you know, talk about their new book or try things that they haven't tried before um, through the work that we've done together. It, it's, it's just so satisfying um, for me personally. A lot of what I see in some of the, quite a few of the groups I'm in are that people have a hard time when, when there's an introduction, say you're at an event and somebody says, what do you do? That they call it the elevator pitch, so to speak. Um, it's, it's that short clip of what do you do? And people have a hard time with that. Yeah, I think there's the um, the pressure. They they feel a pressure to present in a, a particular way in a very short space. You know, you get a few moments to make that first impression, right? So you can build up the the importance of that and make it bigger than it actually is. Um, so we we sometimes don't do ourselves any favors by making these these um, introductions is so important but equally we don't always prepare enough yeah sometimes all it would take realistically is to sit down with a pen and some paper and write out a few notes about things that you really want to to speak about so that you have the right words at the right time and then you're sharing your value from the outset and 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 people get the I wouldn't say the right impression, but it's the true impression, a true mm, impression. Yeah. yeah. What do you think from when you were in the corporate world and what would, what would you say, even for people who are really comfortable and kind of um, with their message about getting up on stage, what would you say is the challenge in that? Is it just all eyes on me kind of thing? There's a, there's a couple of things in play. Um, the people that I worked with primarily in, in the last 10 years were all analysts and subject matter experts in a particular sector um, or industry or, or country. Um, and so some of the, um, it, it was a very academic environment. And so there's a lot of importance or there was a lot of importance placed on how clever you were. <laughs> and, yeah. And if you can prove that quantitatively. <laughs> Exactly. And so these, um, it's that congruence between what people are are publishing in terms of their research Mm. and then that picture of what you see in front of you on the stage. And some of these minds were so brilliant, completely and utterly, you know, top, top of the tree intelligent. And, but they couldn't always speak. (laughs) They couldn't always communicate in language that was simple enough to reach the majority of the audience and thus they didn't always have the greatest connection with people or or maximize the opportunities 
um, to make new connections with people, to generate new ideas because they were so utterly focused on, on their very, very narrow um, focus that it didn't always take into account the bigger picture. And I think that if you want to illustrate thought leadership, you have to be able to take a different perspective to everyone else who's looking at the same thing, right? So it's an element of creativity almost, which uh, a lot of these analysts wouldn't consider themselves creative, but the ability to take a new perspective on on a well-worn topic is creative, actually. And does show thought leadership. So I, I think that's a really important um, point for people that are wanting to speak up um, is to find what their unique voice is um, and to work on that, to share it. When you're working with somebody, like say they're, they're working on a presentation, the audience matters too. It's like who you're speaking to. So I remember because I in, when I was in the corporate world going um, and doing, I w- it was a project that we were working on on immigration. If I was working to our stakeholders, what I was presenting would be entirely different than to if I was presenting to the immigrants themselves because we wanted them to take part in our study. Um, so that really matters as well, doesn't it? I think it's the starting point. Yeah for any message that you're pulling together is to consider who is the audience and who are my audience and what do they care about? Because essentially the the point of a presentation is that you're bringing something more than a written memo or an email or, you know, a document. Yeah, yeah, something they could read themselves. (laughs) Exactly. So we're thinking about, you know, the audience wants to know what's in it for me. Why, why should I listen? And so you have to place the audience front and center and consider alongside that, what's your objective? So what is the point of this? Why are we getting together and talking about this as opposed to me sending them an email? Because yeah. the objective then gives you both your starting and your end point for your message. Yeah. Your bookends, if you like. Um, of your message and then your, your the, the meat of the message sits in the middle, the, the mm. detail, supporting details. What if you don't know who your audience is really going to be? Like say you're invited to, like last year I spoke at an event, which, which was one of my first times speaking at such a large event, but I also had no idea who was going to be in my audience. I knew what the general theme of what would bring people there, but I didn't know the broad range of who would be sitting in the audience. Yeah, it's, um, so there's things that you can do in preparation and there are things that you can do in the moment. And the level of comfort that you have in the moment, this <laughs> 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 you try. But in terms of preparation, it's, it's so important if you're invited to an event to ask all the right questions so that you are fully prepared because you are, presenting yourself your ideas and in that moment and you want to make sure that you're preparing in a way that provides the most value to the audience sometimes the organizer doesn't know exactly who's going to turn up on the day but they'll know who they've invited and they'll know where things have been promoted so you have at least a demographic if you like yeah some clues and then in 
in the actual presentation, and I would do this in the introduction, I'd ask for a show of hands and, and you might ask, you know, who here is from X industry, who here is doing this as their day job. It, you know, well, depends on who you are. That's also a good way to connect with them, isn't it? Just kind of, yeah. So I would ask, you know, if I, if I just use an example, um, Is where I'd say, you know, who here is thinking most about their marketing right now? Who here is preparing for an event? Who here is thinking about going live? So yeah. then you know, if I have a read on the room, I can see most people were thinking about going live and I can talk less about the marketing stuff or I can talk less, you know, you, you kind of get a read yeah. on And then um, you allow your content to shift a little bit and I'm not saying that everyone's going to try this if they're new to speak but that's something that you can definitely work up to and it's it's much more interactive and it's much more interesting for your audience and they feel heard they've put their hand up you've you've acknowledged them um, and their interests and I think that's part of the um, making a presentation more about a conversation rather than the prepared remarks it makes all the difference, isn't it? It's that engagement. Do you think it's a good idea? So I just, cause I've just, I've thought of now some, like where you see some, I just, Tony Robbins came to mind and I've watched him a few times when he's like engaging with the people in the audience, but I've seen people do it and I've, it's, it's never, I've never thought about it in that way, but that is, that that's creating that connection and closing the gap of just kind of I've got something to tell you and you should listen. It's, it's more of a conversation. Yeah, and one of the, the really um, nice techniques is if you're at an event and there's something like a panel and you're the host rather than a speaker, I love it when I see hosts jump down into the audience. They're literally mm -hmm. acting as the voice of the audience. So, hey, who's got a question here? Who's got a question there? And they're, they're, they're reflecting what the audience wants yeah. to the panel. So it's much more of this and um, this conversation and the dialogue that you're you're hoping to have rather than the um, very uh, very stale kind of dry presentations that we've all sat through <laughs> at some point or another. <laughs> or given, I'm just I'm reflecting back on some of the presentations. <laughs> but no, it is, and it's one of these things, especially like you say, when you're on a panel. First of all, you're sharing the stage, you know, or you're sharing the 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 platform but it's it's all about engagement it's about knowing because you can see when you're looking out you can see when you lose people yes. you know they start to pull out their phones or you know they walk out <laughs> oh, actually yeah, yeah that would be even worse yeah it is it's one of these things where it's about connection in the end yes and that that's one of the um most useful reframes, I think, for people that experience anxiety around speaking, that um, there's normally a place that we can find, a scenario that we can find where they are comfortable. And so we try and think about what makes that scenario comfortable. And for a lot of people, a one-to-one um, -a -one conversation or a small group conversation could feel comfortable and a stage that where you're facing a thousand people could feel uncomfortable 
But it's worth remembering that for, for people, sometimes the exact opposite is true. And, oh. you know, when you've got a thousand people in front of you, you can't actually see anyone in particular. And yeah, eyeballing you. <laughs> Whereas when you've got the CFO sitting in front of you and, you know, 12 other board members, maybe that's a bit more into me. You know, it, it's going yeah. to be different for everyone and depending on the scenario. And I think it's about honing in on what your strengths are, what your skills are, um, so that you can utilize those and try and put yourself in the situations that play to your strengths as well. I'm just thinking of, I, I went last year to present to a group of teens and there's also something where we, we engage in a story. So beforehand I had engaged in, you know, teens are difficult and, and, and you know, like that it was going to be harder. So I went in there with a predetermined kind of stance from the beginning. Mm. Whereas I think if you go in there with this beautiful kind of, oh my goodness, curiosity, that that will make all the difference. Yes. Curiosity is, I, I love that word. Me I, too. Yeah. It's such a great starting point for conversations. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it allows you an openness to see what comes and, and, and to, you know, I, I think that depending on your scenario and depending on your, your business, structure helps, right? It, it's good to have a framework sometimes to work towards and, and to work within, but this openness, this attitude of curiosity is one that will bring you many different conversations and, and very likely different opportunities. And that's just with everything in life. You know, like it's, it's I was watching a speaker um, last week and he was saying, if you get to the place where you think you have the answer, you you engage. So your thought pattern changes because you've already gotten to this point. Whereas if you get to where you think you have the answer, but there's a curiosity and an openness to maybe there's more, you stay engaged more, you know? And that's fascinating to me and so true. And it's one of these things where can you imagine like the potential if you stay in that open space yes absolutely it's it's it, i think it's staying in that space helps you um get beyond the obvious answers yeah to to the next level right where you having a deeper connection yeah um there's then the depth to the conversation that potentially we're missing out on by trying to create slick one-liners or these introductions that we don't need to, to think about. And, you know, I think there's something lovely in the, the vulnerability yeah. of not having it all planned out. Um, but I'm also conscious for the people that are in business that really do need to make it work. Yeah, of course. They really do need that, um, that first impression to work. Well, they really do need to and launch that program. Yeah. Yeah, I'm conscious that the, the group of entrepreneurs um, who are new, newer, or have been in business for a while, um, and, and, you know, some co I think coaches as well um, I'm seeing that have a practice 
but they want to go deeper and find different opportunities and have um, potentially branch out within their business or, um, you know, offer a new service or find a new way to engage with the people that they are working with. And, And I want to help those coaches and those entrepreneurs that really do need to focus on um, the right words at the right time. And that's not necessarily through um, having a, a practice one-liner. It's being very comfortable with who you are mm. and the value that you offer and the conversation so that you have that curiosity and that you, you can forget all the, the kind of salesy stuff. Yeah. Focus on the other person and what it is that's going to help them the most. Um, even if that's not you, <laughs> even yeah. if you're helping them to, yeah. to I think that's such a, a needed thing, a needed resource. Um, you know, there's quite a few coaches that I know in my community that that is something that they struggle with. You know, it is, you know, how do I put myself out there and how do I kind of, you know, what's, how do I present myself? Mm. Um, so I do. I think it's such a, a, I think it's a great thing. I'm excited that you're doing this. Um, for a little analogy, which, um, which might help some of the coaches in your community. And that is that, um, you know, if you're training for any sort of event, if you're any type of athlete, if you have any sort of hobby that requires some level of repetition to build your skills, you initially find that there are some of these stages that are difficult or that really do push you out of your comfort zone or are just tiring or you don't like. (laughs) You know, there's plenty of these stages. And and like I mentioned before, barriers, reasons that we tell ourselves, you know, I shouldn't or I'll do it later or whatever the reasons. But once you get to a point of having done the reps, you know, you've, you've put in some of the activity um, that helps build your skills, the activity in itself kind of fades into the background and you find yourself just doing and just being in the moment because you don't need to consciously focus on that anymore. So for those that are looking to expand their skills, I'm sure as coaches, they understand, you know, that theoretically we, we all get it. Um, but it, it is truly about um, using a well-worn phrase, but feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And sometimes knowing when to push yourself. Yeah. It, there's always times for reflection and to, to step back and to regroup, but oftentimes we like that comfort zone. And we want to stay there. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the pain of change hasn't happened significantly for us yet, so we just stay where we are. But it's not just getting through the pain to the other side and, and knowing that we've done it. It's, there's better stuff on the other side. There's more opportunity. There's more connection. And there's that feeling of, um, of accomplishment and meeting some of your potential that perhaps has left been left um, on the shelf for a while there. So I I get excited about that sort of stuff. (laughs) I can tell, but you see, this is something that's so beautiful about you is I loved when we we spoke the last time is that the passion is there. I can tell that you're passionate about doing this. And 
I think when you have that passion, you know, the people that you're working with feel it and, and, and they embrace that as well. It kind of, it's a, it, there's a ripple effect to it. I, I hope so. And I think something that I struggled with um, initially was the idea that I was trying to appeal to everyone. Mm. Uh, you know, I didn't want to say anything that would alienate any particular part of you know, the potential, potential human race. <laughs> but the reality is people who will work with you if they like you, mm-hmm. trust you, if they respect you, and part of the way to show who you are, what you believe, whether you're trustworthy or not, is, is by showing up. So going live, making videos, going to the networking events, standing up and standing in your expertise without ego, but just to be there yeah. allows people to see you and to just know you a little bit better. And um, so I, I think it's, it's definitely worth people's energy and attention because it, it, it's in the way that so much of business is done now, there are so many opportunities to connect to different people around the world. But the way in which you're going to do that is by jumping on, speaking up, yeah. finding your, your tribe wherever they be on Facebook. Yeah or Pinterest, wherever they live, you have to think about where you're going to find your audience and if it is online and get involved. And I think that just comes back to kind of finding your own voice or being comfortable with, with you know, your own presence and, and position. Yes. And that's where we come back to some of those um, unexpected conversations that I have with clients. Yeah. They don't always know what, what's holding them back. Um, and oftentimes we have, um, we have some really, um, really strong beliefs about speaking up. Yeah. Um, you know, in Australia, uh, speaking up can sometimes mean that you, you think you're better than everyone. Yeah. And, we love to cut a tall poppy down in Australia. That's, that's kind of part of the, I mean, there are plenty of beautiful things about my culture, but that's, that's one thing that I know that, you know, that kind of sense of being a bit too big for your boots. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and variations of that are, are alive and well in other cultures for sure. And part of it is, well, when, you know, I'm not quite there yet when I get Yet, yeah. When I get a hundred people in my group, then I'll speak up. Mm. You know, and we use all these crazy metrics to set up <laughs> reasons to do or not to do <laughs> different activities. And so that's one area people can look at to see what what are you telling yourself? What are the rules that you're, or the or the restrictions that you're placing around yourself? to keep yourself in your comfort zone and why? Like what, what's underneath all of that? Because whether you have 100 people in your group or you have 1,000 people in your group, you've got people there. Yeah. And people to, you know, person-to-person communication that we're talking about here. The, the numbers are a distraction. It's just a number. It's just like age. It's just a number. 
<laughs> so tell me about this program because you have a program coming up, don't you? I do. I do. I'm um, within within about a week of launching the present presentations to profit experience. And this is a virtual workshop and private coaching program where I'm helping those entrepreneurs that want to practice their speaking skills, but they want to do it more in a small group environment. And it's about people that want to work on their, their messages. Mm. They want to feel confident when they speak. Um, and they want to walk away with what I call a signature talk. So something within your business, within your story, and that you want to be able to speak to confidently whenever yeah. a speaking role comes up. So whether you've got five minutes to present at a networking event or you want to jump on Facebook, come up with something for 45 minutes. The idea behind the signature talk is that you have this real place of comfort around who you are, what your business does, what the value is. And so like we were talking about before, you you can get to a point where you don't need to really focus on it anymore. The, the, it becomes part of yeah. who you are and your message. And, and so working through the... Um, I've got some lessons within the workshop that focus on your mindset, that focus on your brand, that talk to and um, that speak to the um, the different places where you want to show up and where you know what your specific goals are, so that you can work through um, your your goals and your development areas in not only in the workshop, but then into these private coaching sessions. So we have this group session where we all get together and practice, rehearse, give each other feedback. And then the, the private coaching sessions give people the opportunity to really just focus in on their strategy, their speaking skills in particular, and where we work one-on-one. Nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's from what I can see, there is a real um, desire for people to learn. For sure, yeah. And I think that the environment that they're wanting to learn in is in a smaller environment. So where where there's some interaction, but we're not talking hundreds of people here. We're talking 12 or or 14 other participants where you can can share ideas and people are at kind of the same stage as you. So you're not feeling as though there's some superstars that you're measuring yourself up against. There's um, a lot of people that have a base and um, a base of they've spoken a little bit, uh, but not a lot. They know a bit, but not, a, you know, it, it's uh-huh. really not an advanced level class. It's for people that are um, ready to try on some new skills. I think that's a course for everybody, really. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, You're very welcome. <laughs> so I so is is that open for registration now? Or that, will that be coming up to be open for registration? It, it's going to be open for registration next week. And okay. so by the I'm not sure when this is going live, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, this will be so it will have opened already. But I'll do a kind of I'll I'll put something uh I'll put something out about it prior to this. Um, 
So Bree, this has been a lovely conversation. I have so much, like public speaking is one of these things where there's always so, so many questions about it because it's, 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 it's up there for people's fear and causing stress when they have to do it. So I think that the service that you provide to people is much needed and just by your presence, definitely a lovely benefit to have um, and your knowledge and expertise. So thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today and uh, all the various technical challenges we had before we hit record. <laughs> no problem. Thank you so much for having me. I, I'm really pleased to have had the opportunity to um, talk about some of the underlying stuff with public speaking because it, it's not always the area that people are comfortable to go um, yeah. in a group, and, but it's really really important to um to address some of these areas and allow people to feel comfortable in their expertise and the value they can bring oh much needed thank you so much brie thank you brie only shared some really valuable information i absolutely love her presence public speaking isn't one of my stronger skills but I also know that when I'm speaking to an audience, they're not here to, they're not there to see me. They are there to hear my message. Defining and refining your message is such a valuable investment of your time and energy. I think Brie gave some great tips. Here are a few thought bomb takeaways. Public speaking is much more than presenting to thousands of people on a big stage. It's about being clear in your message whenever you're interacting, networking, engaging with others. Often the fear of speaking isn't about standing up in front of others. It can often be about a fear of showing up, a fear of having a voice, etc. Tapping into this space helps address some of the reasons why you may be hesitant to engage in speaking opportunities. As entrepreneurs, we all, I think that we overthink the notion of the elevator pitch. An easy fix for this is to take time and prepare so that your message really comes from a space of truth rather than sounding like a sales pitch. And finally, I really like the analogy that Bree mentioned about developing the skill of public speaking as much the same as when someone is mastering a craft, whether that be an athlete, a musician, or anybody else. There's much repetition, time, and activity put into mastering that craft. But once they reach that peak place, it's not that they're, they're, they're done learning about it, but it, it becomes more effortless. And there are many more opportunities on the flip side when they get there. Brioni has a wonderful Facebook group um, that I highly recommend for anybody who has an interest in any of what Brie and I have been speaking about today, Public Speaking for Entrepreneurs. I highly recommend you check it out. And that's also where you'll find information about her upcoming program. So until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielynnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of the CPR of Life.